This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to the Million Dollar Women Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Day, and the Digital Marketing Manager at eWomen Network, and I'm hanging out with our Director of Star Power Studio and podcast producer, the one and only Walter Johnson Jr. Here at eWomen Network, we are on a mission, and that mission is to help one million women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. Let's do this. Here on this podcast, we interview million-dollar women about what it takes to join that seven-figure club. But here is the beautiful thing. Being a million-dollar woman is about way more than your net worth. It is a mindset, it is an attitude, and it's that cash in your bank account. It's the Million Dollar Women Podcast. Deandra Simmons is a pioneering businesswoman and skincare expert who spent more than 20 years in the nutritional and beauty industry. As the creator of Hard Night Good Morning, Deandra has traveled to the world's most exotic locations to source key botanical and unique ingredients to create a luxurious yet affordable product line that is inspired by nature and proven by science. She has received the Rising Star Award in 2011 in the beauty category by Fashion Group International. For Ultimate Living International Inc. started by her mother, Dee Simmons, in 1996, she worked extensively in the skincare field, gaining insight into production as well as sales and marketing. She is the official cast member of Real Housewives of Dallas, currently in production of season three and airing on the Bravo Network. In 2012, she was named the 43-year-old winner of People Magazine's Real Beauty at Every Age, duh, and featured again in its most beautiful issue in 2018, and I am not surprised. National press includes features in W Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, DuJour, Us Weekly, In Touch, Vanity Fair, and More Magazine in Britain. A former presidential appointee at the Department of Energy in Washington, D.C., Deandra is an in-demand public speaker. She's written columns for Suburban Style Magazine, Voyage Magazine, and co-authored, along with her mother, the comprehensive 2005 book, Natural Guide for Healthy Living. Deandra is an avid philanthropist as well who supports many charitable organizations. Her contributions include raising money for UNICEF, where she sits on the Great Plains Regional Board, the Salvation Army, and the Friends of Simmons Cancer Center. Deandra is an international ambassador for Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. In 2011, Deander became one of the youngest women to receive the Distinguished Woman Award by Northwood University in Michigan for her community work. I mean, what has she not done? She <laughs> is not only a beautifully giving person, she's a rock star, beautypreneur, speaker, author, and TV personality, and I am so excited to have her on the podcast. Thank you, Deandra. Thank you, Brianna. I think you're probably exhausted now. <laughs> I, I need to take a drink of water. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I was impressed. I was like, oh my gosh, why did we give her the long bio? <laughs> do you ever listen to your bio? Like, wow, I did all that. That's a no, lot um, of stuff. I listen to her and think, I need to take some stuff out. <laughs> it means that you've been really, really busy. So I want to go back to the well, beginning. I'm really, really old. No, you're not. You are not. 40 is the new 30, right? No, Isn't I'm that almost, I'll be 50 next year. Stop. How is yeah. that even possible? I'm 49, so. I'm looking forward to my 50th birthday in oh, March. I actually am. God. I'm excited about it. I'm like shook right now. I'm I'm buying hard night, good morning, everything, you guys. This is insane because your skin is like Thank you. flawless. That's Thank amazing. You. Hashtag goals. So <laughs> I want to go back to the beginning. I can't believe you're almost 50. So I just, I need a minute to recover from that, <laughs> to be honest. But 
I want to hear about how you really got into the skincare world because you started off as, you know, really the shadow and you speak a lot mm -hmm. on what it was like being the daughter of Dee Simmons, this mm -hmm. really bold personality and you've really done a incredible job of paving your own way and creating your own identity. So what was it like for you in those early stages and how did you kind of do that? Well, I started with my mother, I want to say it was in 1998, and we had, she had been a cancer survivor and she got, she became ill with cancer in 1987 and I was heading off to college. And when you're heading off to college, you're kind of like, oh, all I care about is my college. You know, you weren't, I wasn't really paying attention as a selfish adolescent would be. You know, I was the same <laughs> kind of person as all selfish adolescents are at 17, 18 years old. Went to college and throughout the time when I was in college and after, my mother started trying to find out why she got cancer, why she was ill, because she was a model. She's a picture of health. She had a fashion um, line or different fashion line. She was in the fashion business on the cover of Women's Wear Daily. So she was very successful in the fashion industry and she couldn't understand why she became ill and why she had breast cancer. So she shut down her business, a very profitable business, and traveled the world. My father let her do that and you know, really met with nutritionalists and herbalists and different alternative doctors that really nobody talked about back then and found out, you know, the start of the disease, any disease is the immune system being broken down. And from that, she worked with some other nutrition companies and then in 1998 decided that she would never be happy until she created her own green food product because she believes that green foods saved her life. And when she became ill, she had a mastectomy but did not have the chemo or the radiation. She just went into taking green foods. Somebody had given her the only green food that was available that day was called barley green from Japan. And she was the first woman to ever create a green food product. And that's been our anchor product at Ultimate Living mm -hmm. since then. Mm -hmm. Now, you fast forward. So that was 1998. Two years later, people started asking. She was on Christian television. And she would talk about her uh, cancer journey and what, how that changed her life and how her values and how her, um, you know, everything, when you become ill with a disease, all your values shift and change and your priorities are different. She talked about that. She talked about her mission, vision, and passion now became helping people recover from disease and illness and how she turned that into this business. Two years after we, she started Ultimate Living, and I was kind of in and out. I was in L.A. I was in New York. I was a little bit dabbling in the entertainment industry, and then I was dabbling in the modeling industry and everything. And then I went into politics, as we'll, we'll talk about later. But um, so I was kind of helping her. I was doing these shows with her and learning at her side the whole time. And we just started developing natural skincare two years after. So that would be in 2000. And I really worked with an esthetician on her natural skincare because the body is, or the skin is the largest body organ. So what you're putting on your skin is just as important as what you're ingesting in your body. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always say internal and external cosmetics. Yes. So internal, you know, you take care of yourself with the vitamins and the green foods and all the antioxidants. And then externally, you also need to take care of your body and your skin with antioxidants and actives and botanicals and plants that really nourish your skin. So I knew that aloe vera was the best delivery system because we used aloe vera with cancer treatment okay. and using aloe vera. Aloe vera, if you think about it, back to years and years and years ago when people started making natural skincare, the only thing that was available was aloe vera. They didn't use anything else. There was nothing else available. Right. And aloe really does help deliver nutrients into the skin and into the cellular level, whether it's interior or exterior. 
So I developed a skincare line for her. You'll laugh your head off. So we didn't know what we were doing. We just wanted it to be natural because my mother had cancer. <laughs> so I said, okay, just do it all natural. You know, don't use any preservatives in my lab. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> so luckily we were doing experimental stuff and we de developed it with certain oils that would preserve it. Mm -hmm. But oils do not preserve skincare. But I didn't know what I was doing and I was young and I thought, okay, I'm going to be the first person to do this. Well, of course we ordered all these products and they went rancid because they oh, didn't God. have any preservatives. So I learned how to create skincare that was not only natural and good for you, but also had full spectrum preservatives because back then you only had parabens, but we use, now we use phenoxyethanol. Parabens are, you know, bad word yeah. in the, in the um, skincare industry. But right. now I'm in Whole Foods with some of my products and obviously they have a glossary of terms of things you can use and phenoxyethanol is, is the ingredient. So that's kind of, I started with her, started by her side, grew up by her side. And then in 2008, I created Hard Night Good Morning, which is my skincare using the knowledge and the experience I had gained. I also went to naturopathic doctor school for two years. Wow. So I learned about the body internally, externally, and how to take care and prevent and keep your body well and really promote wellness. That's amazing. Fascinating. So did you always kind of did you always know that you were going to work by your mom's side? You said that you kind of dappled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Had you gone through that phase of really like, no, I'm going to be oh, my girl. own person? <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah, into okay. it. So, okay, you'll love this one. So I know because you work with your mother as well. Yeah. So I worked with my mother. I actually went to work for her three times and quit three times. <laughs> and this last time I said, and this is, was the story, if you watch the show, you've seen the story of how I came back to Dallas in 2004 to take over the family business. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm entitled and because that business is owed to me because I don't ever think anything is owed to anyone, but only because my parents spent one year convincing me that my mother was retiring and she wanted to leave a legacy and she wanted to have me run this company and she didn't want to work anymore, kept on and on. I had already planned I was going to be a lobbyist. I was working my way up in the administration. I had just been offered um, a new position as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Energy Efficiency. So I was working and going to be a lobbyist after. And I had no interest in doing this, and my dad would get on the phone, please, honey, please come home. I want to travel with your mom. I want her to retire. So I came home. Then she never retired until <laughs> just recently, in 2018. But and, and there are good and bad things about it. There was a lot of strife in our relationship because of that, and there was a lot of stress. And then my father passed away when, when he was alive, and he's a very well-known businessman in Dallas. And when he... Uh, passed away, he was quite like the moderator and the referee. <laughs> and then there was no one. And there was no one. And my husband is not, I mean, my husband kind of took on that role, but he's a photojournalist. He's not a business person. So right. he, and he's not interested in being the referee because he knows he can't win that situation no, unless yeah. he takes my side. And then I wouldn't want to be in Mama the D does not want Mama D mad at him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in the middle of that either. That's insane. So when you decided, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to stick this out. I'm mm. going to work through this. Talk to me about what that decision-making process was because you had one set of expectations mm -hmm. and then that set of expectations didn't didn't start to be your reality. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working through that and, and deciding, no, this this is going to ultimately be the legacy. What made, what was the determining factor for you to leave your political career behind and really fully embrace and go after the health and nutrition? Well, originally it was the conversations that we'd had. My mother said, I'm retiring. And then she said, you know, this is going to be your company. I'm going to turn on this, over the stock to you. And I thought about it and thought about it. I said, okay, it's really hard. If I wanted to start my own company, I would have to you know, raise the capital or get it from my own money that I have stashed away. And I did that later, mm -hmm. but I took the chance. Now, when I came home, I thought there would be like a year or so of learning <laughs> that kept on and on and on. <laughs> and 
it made me, I will tell you, it made me very, at the time, bitter and frustrated and resentful. And I've had to work on that and give that to God. And, and he's given me a new insight to that because mm-hmm. I'm so appreciative of having those years with my mother and having her by my side and how many daughters are able to learn from a person that's a powerhouse like my mom and a mentor and somebody that was so successful. And my mother had no college education. I mean, barely made it out of high school. Wow. <laughs> and, and to be that successful with two businesses. And she's an incredible salesperson. So yeah. to watch her sell is was an amazing education. And then watch her sell on television, another amazing education. So I look at it now, if you think about it, 14 years later, there, it was difficult. And in 2008, I started Hard Night Good Morning because I was, I had had it with not having my own business. Now, when I started Hard Night Good Morning, my dad was still alive and he said, let's put it under Ultimate Living. That way you have the protection because we needed so much media insurance because of Christian television. When Got you're it. selling products on television, we'd, we had been on HSN. So the media insurance alone will just kill you if you're a new business. And wow. the different things. And then if you're making ingestibles and if you're making skincare products, there are different rules and regulations and things that have, you have to pass these codes and you have to have a lot of you know attorneys involved. So it's not a cheap business to be in. Mm-mm. So and that the inventory was, on top of it all. Yeah, that was his idea was put it under this company. Well, I never realized that if I'm, now I'm stuck with it being owned by her still. Yeah. Even though I put my money, we talked before about $450,000 of my money that I saved into that company. It's still under her company. Yeah. So then my dad passed away. Lesson number one. (laughs) The day, actually three days before he passed away, he said, okay, I'll be back from Vegas. He went to a board meeting on Wednesday night and I'm going to sign over the company to you because I think it's best if you separate. And then he passed away on Wednesday morning in his hotel room in Las Vegas. So God had different plans for me, and you never know why things work out the way they do, but I'm a believer, and I believe that he had everything planned out the way he wanted it to be, and it was probably because I needed to mature, not only as a woman, but as a business person, and I needed more learning time, more experience, and I tend to be really nice, too nice at times. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to have that hard edge and to learn how to manage being a pleasant person, but also being a person that's firm, where people take you seriously, Mm -hmm. because people don't take you seriously a lot of times in business as a woman. And in my business, most women are not the owners of nutrition companies. In fact, my mother was one of the first women, and she got a phone call three or five years, I think, after, and this, because this guy said to her, you'll never make it. No woman makes in this industry in 1998. <laughs> Five years later, he called, and she didn't even remember who this guy was. He owned a lab. She said, he said, congratulations. And she said, what do you what do you mean? Who is this? He said, well, five years ago, do you remember me telling you you're never going to make it? And you've made it. He said, and now you're going to make it. So now Good you have staying power. for owning it and calling, him, calling himself out on that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. ultimate revenge right there. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a business, and, and we can talk more about this, but it's a another business. Also, skincare, oh, my God. I, I could have... I don't know why I should have thought that through because skincare is one of the most difficult businesses you could possibly ever be in. It's competitive. Every day there's a new skincare company, a new skincare product, a new something to talk about, something to new ingredient, a new doctor coming out. It's it's so competitive. Skin I know and health. Yeah, I know my products are wonderful and great. I mean, I use them. Everybody looks at me and says, "Oh, you're almost fifty. Use your products. I need to try your products." Yeah. So I'm the walking, talking testimony of my products, but at the same time, there's a lot of companies with a lot of money out there that can advertise and they can throw media or throw money towards media and mm-hmm. social media and influencers and when you're a small company those 
avenues are not as open to you because you don't have the deep pockets. Well, and you're self-funded like you were telling right. me, so it's not like you have millions in investor dollars right. to throw at your marketing. So you really bootstrapped it, regardless of whether you had a family name or not, stepping into such a saturated marketplace is no joke. Mm-hmm. That is no joke. So I want to kind of go backtrack a little bit because it's it, I, I, <laughs> I so resonate with the story mm-hmm. of wanting to quit three times when I was growing up and my parents were starting the company because Human Network's 18 years old. And so when I was a kid, I was like the free labor every summer. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you're coming <laughs> and you're interning and we're going to yeah. have you every summer work like a different area of the business. And at the end of every internship, it was like, what did you learn this year? And I remember being probably like 16. I learned that I need a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I, what I learned was I never want to work in an office. And my mom told that story on the stage for years. And now here I am at the company. Oh, and it's it. like, you can never say never. Because mm-hmm. I was so like, mm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go my own direction. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's funny how it kind of comes back around. And with wanting to move so fast into like really taking over it and figuring out and realizing kind of in retrospect, there was so much you needed to learn. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. curious to learn from you, as I'm sure many of our listeners are, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are you most grateful for in the whole succession and process since it, it panned out the way that it did? Looking back, what really sticks out to you as the best blessing in that experience? Well, you said never say never. I think that's very important for people to understand because once you start digging your heels in and saying, I'm never going to do this, I'm never going to do that, then a lot of times you miss out on opportunities. And I'm grateful that even though I am hard-headed, I mean, very hard-headed and stubborn, (laughs) my husband can tell you that, I still stuck in with it. And through sticking in with it throughout the years, I learned little nuggets and little bits of information. So my mother is very good at negotiating. Mm. That's something I'm not the best at. It's not my skill set that I love. I, I, she, she could be the best haggler. <laughs> I'm like, mother, please go to the sink in Morocco with me. It'd be so great. <laughs> She's a great haggler. And I'm just, I, it makes me very uncomfortable. But if I have to do it, I can do it because I've seen it and I've been there and I've watched her do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when rega- with regards to pricing on products, she's really good at reading the market and watching her do that and reading the market. She also told me the most important thing in my business, you can't sell out of an empty wagon. Mm. So if you run out of product, then you basically, your company's going to shut down. And during this transition, I'll be very honest with you, I've had a hard time um, because my mother's not here anymore and we're moving to different labs, making sure that products are delivered on time. So our number one product, Green Miracle, when it was first, uh, I changed the formula for the first time in all these years and it was late. I'm now it were delivery it was just delivered yesterday it was another few days late so I'm having an issue with the labs because we're a smaller company right. so I'm taking note of this I'm thinking okay well do I need to make this order earlier even though I'm, I added in several weeks in addition to the actual inventory or the the time to get the product out the delivery date mm-hmm. but these are the kind of things like you can't you have to have product okay so if I 
if I order this product, maybe I just keep a stash over here that nobody really knows about, and then I still have some product or something. I have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to, from my mother, I learned that. I learned the negotiating. I also, but my mother's not tech savvy, so I implemented a lot of different um, inventory uh, management systems, mm -hmm. and I took a lot of the manual work away from people because they don't need to, they, they need to do other th things. Like we have a great customer service team. Um, they're really great at answering questions. In my business, you have to have people answer the phones mm -hmm. because there are people that still want to talk about, you know, my skin is this, I have rosacea, I have this, I have that, my nutritional needs are this, I had a disease, my husband has high cholesterol, what should I do? So they do want to call in and a lot of them want to talk to somebody, not just send an email. Right. So I still have to have that. that personal touch. Right. Yeah. I also learned that even though we did a great job on Christian television when that was a great vehicle, it's not a great vehicle for selling products because they have a different license than mm -hmm. other television networks. And you have to either, you can't do a revenue share, which is what we did for years. Mm -hmm. You have to buy time. And even so, the viewership isn't there as much as it was before. Right. So now, okay, I... The way my mother and I had so many problems over the years because we would argue about where her business was going to be in 10 years, in 5 years, in 20 years because she wasn't doing anything different. Yeah. And that was the real, the real problem between the two of us was that push and pull about me wanting to change the way we did business and her wanting to stay the same. And it was a, it was a, she was comfortable that way. Yeah. She, you know, she, people were afraid of making changes. I'm afraid of making changes. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you She doesn't like can't. to take risks either. Yeah. So, and that's, I think I learned for myself, you're going to have to take a certain amount of risks, but don't be, be very judicious about those risks and be very careful about those risks and make sure you assess all the situations and the pros and cons and the people you choose to work with and their reputations. And there's so many different decisions. Yeah. I also learned that my best avenue to get my products out is me going and talking about business or me talking about products or me doing a social media post. or, And it's hard because when I'm doing the Housewife show, it, there's so much with with regards to that. And then my business is over here. Yeah, they're and like two separate things. They don't it's hard to much. run all of it at the same time, and it's exhausting. Yeah. But it was a choice I made because reality TV is a choice you make in my opinion, okay, if you're a person that's, you know, you, you make that choice because of the fact that it can build a business and a platform. Well, it gives you a voice. It's no how doubt. you choose to use it, though. If you choose to use it just for, just because you want to be famous, you're never going to be happy and it's never going to fulfill what you, it's not going to fulfill your desire mm -hmm. because in the end, it shouldn't be fame. It should be, I want to build a platform. I want to do something. I want to have... Um, I wanted to have a bigger voice for Mercury One, this, this amazing charity I work with, and I travel all over the world. I wanted to have a bigger voice for creating new products. I wanted people to know who I, who I am, so that way they would, okay, wait, Deandra Simmons, let me see, what does Deandra Simmons do? Does Deandra Simmons write books? Does she cook? Well, I also do that. Or does she make skincare or, you know, health? So those are the reasons somebody like me, because nobody could understand, yeah. would do that, because I knew the power of television. I mean, look at our president. He was a reality TV star. So, okay, I'm like, okay, let's put two and two together. It's not that hard. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. I mean, it's like, that's why I did it. Nobody seems to understand that, but my whole goal in life was to be an entrepreneur and to be successful at it, and even more successful than my mother, because that was a hard act to follow. Oh my gosh, I mean, I can, I, I, I know so well, I relate so well to being, you know, 
Dee's daughter or Sandra's daughter or whoever's daughter, then you are your own person with your own contributions. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. a clip of you talking to your mom and having a really heated conversation mm -hmm. about, you know, Christian television is not the outlet anymore. Everyone is going towards social media. When can I have a marketing budget? I need to have a marketing budget. And the way that you really made your footprint on the company mm -hmm. and your, left your fingerprint and really taking it in that direction, which is really exciting. So what other things do you feel like you're doing right now to really innovate and continue to carry out that legacy? What, you're going to laugh your head off. So for, <laughs> in 2014, my mother decided there was no PR person anymore. We're not doing PR people. They don't do anything for us. We're not doing that. So I was like, how am I going to run this company? I have no PR. <laughs> so from 2014 till 2018, we had no PR. Well, actually not till, two, till 2014 till, yeah, 2018. This is the first time I've had a PR person. And it, I did a, I had a PR person for the show and also for business. So <laughs> I bet it's the same person. So there was no like splitting it up because I'm paying for it out of my personal budget. Yeah. <laughs> it's not coming out of the company. So that was the thing. So no PR person, figuring out social media on my own. Okay, I'm almost 50 years old. I can do okay. And I mean, I do okay. You but do. I need young people to help me show me like how do you do these different I mean I'm sorry I didn't grow up with it if you grew up with it you're you know how to do it and it's easy for you it's more intuitive. for somebody like me yeah it's not that easy we're using you know I remember we all had to go to the computer lab in college you know, it's like <laughs> as much knowledge it's a totally different generation so um, it was the learning everything and then also learning there's different platforms all the time to utilize in order to sell products mm -hmm. Now that we're, Housewives is done for the season, my goal is to get out there and do as many videos as I can about my product line, about what we're doing next year, about how I'm moving the product line um, in the future, what my decisions will be. We're changing up. This is the big thing. Okay, so my mother would never change the packaging on right. anything. I, I, I saw that too. So I have the same packaging for her product. Her product line, I think we've had two or three different designs, but nobody ever was professionally hired because she didn't feel the need to do that. So now the first thing I did was I spent the money on uh, Hard Night Good Morning and I repackaged and I'll have my first box prototype next week. Ah! All has been redesigned. That's exciting. But it's all been redesigned. I'll have that next week. And then the next phase is, and I, and I took a big chunk of money as soon as she left and said to the accountant, I said, look, this is what we're going to spend. We're going to spend it on this and this. And it was branding. And then we did a new website. It's deandersimmons.com because people are searching for Deandra Simmons. They're not yep. searching for Ultimate Living and Hard Night Good Morning. It's too confusing. Brilliant. Yeah. And so the next phase will be the Ultimate Living line. I've taken out almost all, but I think we have 10 products left because every you have to look at what you're good at. My mother... Her storyline is surviving cancer and then keeping herself healthy because of green foods. That's our main thing we've had for years and years. And then we have a few other really um, different products that are kind of proprietary to us or mm -hmm. important to our line. Mm -hmm. So an ORAC, which is oxygen radical absorbance capacity, an antioxidant drink, uh, aloe vera that mixes with the green miracle, and minerals that we've always sold. So I kept, okay, what are things that people know us for and that are really unique to our line? And then I will add things that I feel like are important. Like I may go back and do an age anti-aging formula. We had one before, but it didn't really fit into what we were doing, but now it does. Mm. So anything anything I can move forward with is going to be something that really is a lifestyle. So what I've done is I thought, okay, I need to make this a lifestyle. The lifestyle of the skincare 
and the nutrition. And everything has to be lifestyle. That's why the next thing is my cookbook I'm working on while I'm on break right now. Nice. I'm making a cookbook. Now, the cookbook is going to be different. It's going to be something. And I was trying to figure out because I love to cook and I'm a Southern cook. So that doesn't really jive with the green food lifestyle. (laughs) If you've seen any of my my Insta stories on that, you know I like a lot of butter, like Paula Dean. We're kind of like, (laughs) both of us like that. So I thought, okay, you know what? You have, you know, two different aspects. So I'm going to do, and I don't know what it's going to be called yet, but the healthy part of the cookbook and the, you know, holiday part of the cookbook and the fun part. Yeah. So, and it's really, it's all about balance. So for me, I will be really good Monday through Friday or something like that. And then I'll cheat on Saturday and Sunday. So it's kind of like a balance in your life because once you start taking things out or depriving yourself is when you kind of go haywire. Yeah, so, I'm, in that, I'm in that place right now. Yeah. Recovering from the haywire stage and regretting the haywire stage. So I think I'm going to split the cookbook down the middle and just say, okay, these are my healthy recipes, and this is my this is what pairs with my company and everything, and then mm-hmm. this is the other stuff that, yes, or in my family kind of thing. So that's that's the next phase. And then hopefully with regards to that, with Hard Naked Morning and DeAndre Simmons Ultimate Living, we'll have some food products that are released. That's kind of my next thing I'm working on as well. Wow. So you've got a lot in the works. You have to think about, now that it's DeAndre Simmons, I look at DeAndre Simmons as a brand, mm-hmm. not just as Hard Duck and Morning Ultimate Living. So what is DeAndre Simmons? I look at, okay, I would love to be Martha Stewart, but I'm not craftsy at all. I can't do that. So <laughs> what, can, what am I good at? I like fashion. I like beauty. I like jewelry. I like health. I like cooking. But, you know, let's leave the little crafts, the arts and crafts out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of the things that you said that I really like that I think a lot of entrepreneurs really need to, like, rewind and click save on is the concept of really dialing down to what you're really good at Mm -hmm. and doing what creates flow for the company. Mm -hmm. So many entrepreneurs kind of continue doing the things and pushing through the things that aren't necessarily organic for them and right. forcing this mold and really wondering why they're struggling. And you've really done a great job, it sounds like, of kind of paying attention to what your consumer wants and then putting all of your energy into that. And that's why it's hard. And what I was just telling you when we were going to expand, when I think about expanding, I have to think about what fits organically into who I am and what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Don't just throw something against the wall and hope it sticks mm-hmm. because then it's not going to work no matter what you do. And a lot of people keep trying different things, but I know the products in my line that work. I mean, if I could just sell one product in my line, if there was only one product to sell, I'd sell my eye cream because I sell more of that eye cream than I sell anything else in the line. Really? People love it. It's been my best seller for 10 years. They still buy it. It's the best product out there, and people all over always, they always laud this eye cream. They talk about this eye cream. And if there was, if they said, what is one product you could not live without, or if you could sell one product, it would be that. And the other product in nutritional would be the Green Miracle. I could probably run both companies or my entire company on those two products. Wow. If I had to. Brilliant. That's, that's so good to know. So you got to think about what are your heroes? Yeah. So whatever you do, there's going to be a hero product in your, in your line. Mm-hmm. And, or if you make jewelry or whatever, this is, this is the thing that started it all. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a clothing line, this is the piece that everybody loves and always comes back to. Like the wrap dress, Diane von Furstenberg. Mm-hmm. What is your core value and your core mission and your core product line and your core, basically, thing that makes, drives your business and makes people remember you for? What do they remember you for? Yeah, definitely. Because if you're not memorable you're not successful. Especially not in this industry. (laughs) But in any of them, Yeah, any industry, yeah. And I would love to kind of talk about, you know, it's really cool, all of the innovation that's happening, all the changes, formula, packaging, branding, products, all of the above. What about the legacy are you really passionate about keeping the same? Yeah, so with my mother, I, that's one of the things you think about as a 
only child and as a daughter especially, well, how much do I want to have of my own identity? Family businesses is always a problem because you always want to break out and be your own person. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you want to stay in your family business, you need to find a balance between being DeAndra Simmons and then Dee Simmons' legacy. And even my grandmother had a, a really amazing legacy as well. So I have to think about respecting the past Mm -hmm. and looking forward to the future. Yeah. The balance thing is really hard because we all have egos and we all have to tame them. <laughs> yeah. And my mother and I, you wouldn't be, everybody I've worked with, I've worked in really powerful people in my life. I've worked in um, New York City. I've worked in, I was in the, I was in, I worked as a stockbroker, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> so that's another story. So I worked in, uh, you know, in the financial industry. I've worked in politics where there's huge egos. And I, the one thing I've noticed is everybody that is very successful has a healthy ego, but you don't want to have such an incredibly, you know, bombastic ego that you turn people off. Right. So how do you keep your identity and your healthy ego and keep your mom and dad or your family legacy that intact? And really kind of trying to pay homage to the past mm -hmm. and move into the future. The way I do that is I keep my mother's main products and the main products that really made our company what it is today and still honor that. And I always tell her story. I mean, that's the thing is don't get rid. If there's a really great story about your business or your family, keep that story and yeah. build on that story. Okay. My mother was can a cancer survivor and she did this. And now I'm the only woman in my family has not had cancer. And this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm going to do for you and for your children and for the future generations and my future gen generations. And so this is kind of in that way, unfortunately, I don't have children, so I have two stepsons, and they're not going to be interested in beauty, I guarantee you. <laughs> I mean, no I mean, successor right unfortunately, now. Unfortunately, I'm no successor, but... Um, in the family. In the family, yeah. So I, for me, it's really honoring the wonderful things I love about my mother and what she accomplished and moving forward with the qualities that she instilled in me and that I gained from her. And my father, too. My father, as I said, was my business advisor and, and taught me a lot about business when I was growing up. He got me my first stock account in fourth grade, and I did it myself. Oh my he God. taught me how to do it. And I won. Awesome. I, in my, we had a little competition in my school, and I won in fourth grade. <laughs> so I picked the stocks. That's so amazing. It's, it's kind of like it, it really, I think to do that, you have to be grateful for what is behind you and be grateful for what's coming ahead. Yeah, and I love that because you 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 did you shared your mom's story at the beginning mm -hmm. of this podcast, and I always do that. Yeah, it is. It's my story. It's my journey. It's my journey as her daughter coming from okay, being the daughter of someone who had a disease and then became successful, and now what has her daughter done to continue on? And it will always be my story because I'll start, you start from square one, ground zero for me is that. That's yeah. ground zero for me. Yeah. It's not the fashion business, even though I played in the showroom when I was little. That's That took me to the fashion um, business in New York and I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue Corporate, mm -hmm. but I didn't stay. Right. And came back to my mom and I, you know, stayed in the nutrition industry, in the skincare industry. Beautiful. So you talked a little bit about balance, right? Mm -hmm. And balancing your identity and your innovation with your family's legacy. We've talked about balance in terms of balancing Real Housewives mm -hmm. along with your business ventures. We've talked about balance and sort of and sort of balancing your own personal I talk about balance and not, I'm not the best at it. But like, it's something I'm still trying to do every day of my life. Every day I wake up and I, I wish I had more time. I wish there was more than 24 hours in a day. I wish I had more time to sleep. I wish I had more time to stay awake. I wish this and that. But I think it's always a daily journey trying to balance everything. Absolutely. 
it's it's one of those things that I've noticed is a common thread amongst all super successful people that we talk to is nobody feels like they're good at it. No. <laughs> it's this like phantom word that exists but is unattainable. But I think it's the perseverance of it that's so important. It is, right? and it's also important to not to forget your, uh, you know, your family if you're married to spend time with your husband or your children, mm-hmm. because I think that, and I feel bad because I don't spend as much time with my husband as I should because this takes you on so many different things. He takes me out of town, takes me out. He's a photojournalist, so he's gone too. So right. I don't feel as guilty because yeah. you know, he travels a lot of That's why it works. It's you're both super enthralled. When we come together, we enjoy each other's company. I just, when the show is on, it's very difficult because I'm so spread thin. Yeah. And I'm very stressed. Yeah. And it's hard to to keep yourself not stressed. I mean, people, the social media, if you look at it every day, it'll make you crazy. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine what it's like to be in your shoes with that. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the naysayers and the disbelievers and that energy around you? You're such a positive light. Like your energy's, like, I, I don't, I finally, I have so much of it this year because on the show this year, I'm kind of a controversial person. Mm-hmm. And last year, I just kind of stayed my ground. And I'm a very good person at first. I analyze everything. So last year, I didn't do anything. I just analyze everybody and kind of look and see what's up with this person. Who does this person do? What does she do? What is she about? Mm-hmm. And this year, I'm like, okay, I can step in and get my feet wet. But with that, the more more you're featured on a show like that, the more people are going to hate you for yeah. one reason or the other because they like this character, they don't like you, they think you're not a nice person, this person's a nice person, you're not telling the truth, this person's telling the truth. They make their own decisions as everybody does. So on the social media, it gets pretty nasty. I mean, you have people that are really nice and supportive and I get a lot of that. I have wonderful fans and wonderful fan mail and, and, and that's that's real positive. But then you see they're real negative as well. Yeah. So I was, in fact, I was talking last night to somebody about it and he said, Deandra, he said, the more successful I think we talked about this before. The more successful you are, the more popular you are, the more everything you are. He said, you're going to have the haters. But what I want you to do is look at it as a feather in your cap. Because if you weren't good at it, then nobody would be talking about you. Right. And it builds your business at the same time. So the more, I mean, the more I'm in this person's mouth all the time, every every time they're out doing an interview, saying all these things, people are like, ooh, who's this person? Ooh, what does she do? You know, so. It's true. It's, and every day I'm gaining all these followers. I'm like, how am I gaining all these followers? And it's because other people are talking about me, even if it's a negative talk about me. But then people look me up and go, oh, wow, she does this, she does that. And they see the positive things. They hear the negative, but they then they go look you up and they see the positive. And I think it works, it works in both both arenas, you know? Absolutely. You're listening to the Million Dollar Women Podcast. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Million Dollar Women. Um, What I think is really interesting too is um, 
just the correlation between the more success you have, the more haters you're gonna mm. have. And it's kind of like the more successful you are, the more risks you have to take. And mm. you're very transparent about you know the risks that you take and even financially. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that because particularly in this whole crazy social media world and this picture of perfection that we're expected to uphold, it's so refreshing to me and I'm sure everyone else that someone is real enough to be like, you know what? I actually don't have it all together all the time. And you talked about very emotionally having at one point very recently just $200 in your bank account. Mm -hmm. And that was a really cool thing, I think, because it really says I'm taking big risks. I'm really investing in myself and my business and my growth right now. And yeah, it's not a pretty picture. Yeah, and when that, when that happened, so basically, and why that happened is because the week that we went to Beaver Creek is when my mother and I had that big discussion in the office. I had just done a huge renovation on my home, which I paid for. I had done, we, my, my husband and I had had a big anniversary party. So mm -hmm. literally we spent about a hundred and, I don't know, $40,000 in the last three months on the house renovations and the anniversary party. Not thinking at all that, you know, I was going to have to worry about taking this company because even though my mother and I weren't talking, we started talking again at the anniversary party. I invited her and I thought, okay, everything's going to be okay. And but I was still in the back of my mind thinking I have to have one more conversation with her. So then when I did that and she said, no, I'm not going to you know, help you. I'm not going to let you take this company. Or you're going to take your company. I'm not going to let you take over my company. And I thought, I went home to my husband. I said, okay, I'm going to have to make some serious changes. He's like, well, I was telling you that before. You know, you should have been buying this and doing that and everything. I said, well, I didn't plan. He goes, yep, you should have planned. Because you never know with your mom what she's going to be like. And I learned a big lesson. I should have planned. So the fact that I didn't plan, I started having to take all of my money and put it away as much as I could down to the bare bones because I was going to have to get out on my own and I was going to have to take employees with me. Because of the fact that I was in the middle of a show, I wasn't able to run that business 24-7 by myself. I had to take employees with me. Right. They have to be paid. I had to pay for inventory, for purchase orders, for, I mean, setting up a new company. All the stuff I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And how am I going to get at least $150,000 just to start and not even take a salary just so I can move everything over, have an office space, whatever it was. You know, everything was going to have to be transferred over and start. As soon as I switched that flip and Hard Night and Morning was my company and the money started pouring in from that, that would be fine. But at the same time, you still have employees to pay and they expect their paychecks and they expect different things because they work for the company and I had to be responsible for that. Mm -hmm. So it... I just basically took everything out. I said, okay, I'm going on this trip because it's part of, we're going on a trip with the girls. Mm -hmm. And it was good because I felt like I could let go and I needed it because I was stressed to the max. But it was bad because of the fact, the timing. And so I said, I'm just not going to spend any money. Well, I got there on the trip. And, of course, I went on a shopping trip with Brandy. And I'm not going to get into how all that happened because that's, that's production stuff. But um, we ended up going on there. And when... I spent money that I shouldn't have spent because I didn't have any money in my bank account. I did it on purpose. I took it down to $200. And I ended up having one credit card, so I took all of them out, and it was my business card. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, God. oh, my God, what a big mistake. And when I actually, when they did the, the hats and the belts, I thought that was a gift. I thought, because if they were branding, they didn't ask us. They were started branding them. I thought that was a gift. So that was dumb-dumb on my part, you know, so I learned that lesson. And then um, the, the belt buckle and all that kind of stuff was more kind of production stuff, and I did take that back. And I didn't buy the next Everybody should be proud of me. Brandy gave it to me as a birthday <laughs> present. But I didn't buy it. But then I went back into the home and I said to Leanne, because at that time we weren't having, you know, weren't so acrimonious with each other. I said, 
she said, oh, I'm so jealous. I wanted to go on that trip. I'm so bad I didn't get to go. And I said, no, Leanne, be glad you didn't. Because I said, you know, we had to spend money. And she's like, well, I don't do that. I make them pay for it. I said, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, I spent the money. I don't argue with them in the middle of the scene. <clears throat> and I said that, um, you know, I ended up having to spend a lot more money and having to put on a company credit card. And I said, you know, I'm really mad because I literally have $200 in my bank account because I'm trying to save. The less part of it was because I've been trying to save the money in order to start my own business. And I moved it out of my main spending account mm -hmm. into another business, account. Yeah. That part never got translated, which, yeah. of course, is a reality show. It's not going to get no. translated. Yeah. And that's fine. But it kind of... And then when I we got in the big fight in the anger room, it was really because of the betrayal. It wasn't the $200. You know, if somebody doesn't like me because I have $200, that's their problem. I mean, right. <laughs> no entrepreneur has been out there and have had, has had it on easy street from day one. Amen, sister. Otherwise, <laughs> you're not going to be a successful person because if it's easy for you, in my opinion, if it's that easy for you, don't appreciate it. Right. So the harder it is, the more you are so thankful for the experiences and the opportunities and what you have, the gold pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So I was mad, and the reason we kind of went spiraled down from there is I was mad because I thought, you know, how dare you betray me with this information? And I, I didn't say it. It wasn't a long conversation. It was just like a real, like, oh, my God, I'm just so mad because of this. You know, just like girls. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she told somebody else, and then I'm thinking, what is going on? I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. It shocked me. You could have blown me over with a feather. Yeah. Really shocked me. Yeah. And then I thought, hmm, okay, and I learned a lot about friendship. Yeah. And I learned a lot about sharing. We talked about sharing financial information with people. Don't ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and anybody that's in your world has to sign an NDA so they don't talk about anything if they do, you know, have to pay your bills or do things in your world that that have to deal with your bank accounts because it's nobody's business. Yeah. And even your best friend, you may think they're your best friend, but they might get ticked off about something and the next thing you know, your $200 is all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> and then people are on social media getting mad at me because I got upset about the $200. And I'm having people writing these long emails and text messages about, or, or you know, messages about the fact that, well, I only have $200, what's wrong with having $200? And why why do you berate somebody for having $200? I'm like, it's not about that, it's about the betrayal. Yeah. So, you know, you can't win. Yeah. You can't win by sharing this story and you can't win by not sharing the story, so. No, but hopefully what people take away from it, really, especially on, in this space, because Million Dollar Women is really all about learning and what mm -hmm. the lessons are, you know? And, and having tremendous success, again, just it means tremendous risk. And you, you know, Success is relative, right? Mm -hmm. So two hundred dollars might seem like nothing to some people, and it's everything to others. But guess what? You have more to lose too. Yeah, it wasn't you know? about that. So but at the end of the day, I ended up. You know, my mother turned over the company to me really soon after that, which you saw take a long time on the show. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't have to do all that. But I also learned a lesson about saving for a rainy day. Yeah. So in that money that I actually saved for the rainy day, I was able to put in for the boxes and the branding because that didn't come from the company when she turned it over. So mm -hmm. all the things I wanted to do and the social media person and the PR person, all that money that was there that I was thinking about or saving up for something else was able to then help market my business. Yeah. And it's a self-funded person too. I'm sure you're like super aware of having to show that incremental growth because a lot of people don't realize when it comes to getting a business loan or getting mm -hmm. that line of credit is not just the money that you make annually at the end of the year. It's showing that consistent growth, you know, right. and having making those monthly numbers. And mm -hmm. so you have to sometimes do really crazy things and, 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 it, and it's not an easy path. And if you're not doing it, it's really easy to point the finger. But anybody that's in that space. You know what one of the scariest things was was getting an American Express for the business, but 
with my credit behind it. Right. So the first time, because we always had a credit card for the company, but then my mother left, there was no credit card anymore. So then I had to be liable. I had to go to American Express. I had to get the Platinum Guard. I had to put everything on the line for, you know, I'm responsible. So that How was, that? and I had a bunch of credit cards before. It wasn't, it was just. Like hey, it's another is, level, right? It's another talking about your business. And, and the, it, it was just a whole different, it was kind of scary at the time, especially when this $200 thing had been out. <laughs> Has that, do you feel like, right? You're like, this is really like, bad timing. Like, I need to call the $200? No, you're not getting a Platinum Card. Yeah. Hey, so do you watch Real Housewives? Okay, good. So <laughs> this is what I need. No, how has that impacted the way you've approached the business? Do you feel like having that extra level of, of um, responsibility, has that changed anything for you or not really? How I approach the show? Or how you approach um, your business? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, <laughs> now, and I'll tell you that it's really hard like I said, to balance the show with your business because mm-hmm. you're filming so much and you're out of town so much when you're not filming because you're doing press when it's, the show is on mm-hmm. and you're going to different interviews and things like that. And so the time in the office, it's hard. You've got to have really good people that monitor things and you have to have good time management, which I'm not great at. So mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things I hope in 2019 I really hone in on is better time management and better use of my time. Mm-hmm. And every hour in the day being accounted for with this amount of time for social media, this for emails, this for meetings, exists for developing books or whatever I'm working on and new products. So, you know, you have to learn how to manage that really well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And what as is- far as a housewife, you asked me about being a housewife. So um, being on the show, I will tell you this, I don't alter my personality for the show. I look back at the show and I'm like, eh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But <laughs> I, have a, I have a very strong personality, which comes across. Sometimes I don't say things that I say things I shouldn't have said because I have a hot temper. And then I look at it and I'm like, yeah, probably wasn't a good idea. But I will tell you that I, everybody that knows me and has met me and has known me for years and years, I'm exactly the same person on the show that I am in real life, which is a good thing. So you know. So you see everybody has, they make mistakes. So I think the good thing about this show for me is everybody looks at it and says, oh, well, that wasn't what I did because I was editing. That was, you know, I didn't do it like that. I didn't say that. They edited that. I've never said that once. I've never, ever watched this show and said, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. They edited it wrong. They changed my words. Never has it happened to me. I'm like, yeah, I said that. I probably shouldn't have said that. But, oh, well, it it is what it is. Move on. And don't. Some people may talk about it for a day, and then they talk about something else. Right. They don't pay that much attention. People are, you know, their attention spans are like gnats. Absolutely. Everybody has ADD. Like I said, everybody takes Adderall. Everybody has ADD. Yeah. So, so I'm just kidding. I got, in tro- I got in trouble for that this last year. So <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that people don't have the attention spans anymore because of all the social media. So they're like, ooh, that's a juicy article. Ooh, that's a juicy article. They forget about what you do wrong. I mean, it is a statistic. And you can redeem yourself every day. It, it is a legitimate <laughs> statistic that that is at an all-time high. So it is a real thing. But, you know, so some people are sensitive. <laughs> so you just have to be yourself, and I think people will buy your products if you're authentic and true to yourself, and they'll understand if you make mistakes, and they'll forgive you too. Yeah, and that's really valuable because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that do, you know, want to pitch TV shows, have their own show. I mean, I hear it all the time, mm-hmm. and people telling you, oh, you should have your own show. You're entertaining, and and that is such an important element, that mm-hmm. truth and really being comfortable and confident in who you are and what you said and acceptant of the fact that, you know, we are all human. We all do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing, and unfortunately, yours is actually just publicized to the world. To everybody, yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know that that's, that's, that's something that I certainly don't have the bandwidth to be able to handle. So matters. Not yet. Maybe, you. maybe soon. Touche. Yeah. We, we talked about the word never, right? Mm-hmm. So got to be careful with I the I said word never, never for many years and then I finally 
jumped right in, so I love pull it. in now. <laughs> well, I've gotten so many nuggets from you, and I kind of want to start to bring us, okay. you know, back mm -hmm. home a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to end with some kind of a couple questions that I like to ask every single person. Okay. Number one, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, goodness. Um, best piece of advice I've ever gotten. I think it would be around being judicious with your finances, just watching your money. And those are the big mistakes I've made throughout my life. Mm -hmm. So um, also the other thing is my mother always said, my father said the same thing. With business as in life, you have five people in your life you can trust, your friends. And in employees, the same thing. You have, you have to surround yourself with people that will build you up, that will prop you up, that will be behind you, whether you're on television making a fool of yourself one day make a mistake and the next day you're giving an inspirational speech they have to be behind you 100% in your products and your beliefs 100% or your brain's not going to make it because if those people don't believe in you as much as you believe in yourself especially when you're growing and you can't pay those huge salaries then you your brand and your company's not going to be successful so be surround yourself with those also this is my best my best piece of advice I've ever given for anybody I always give it all the time I'm ready surround your piece people surround yourself with people that are way smarter than you. Amen. Way smarter than you. I don't care. I mean, I the smartest person in the world, I want them working for me. Yeah. If they want to be there. Because I don't know everything and I certainly, I, I know a few things. But I want somebody that's smarter than me, that's more educated than me, that's better than me, that is a hero in every aspect. Yeah. And one of my favorite things that I learned from my mom is that same thing. The way she phrased it is being an amazing CEO is not about knowing all the right answers. It's about having all the right questions. All the right questions, all the right people. Yeah. To answer mm -hmm. them. Them, because if they're relying on you to have all of the answers, then why are you paying them, right? <laughs> and I don't want to make all this. I want somebody to tell me, well, this is a better way to do something, or this is the better operation system, or this is the better way to market this. Because I, if I just, I can't make all those decisions. We're, we're people that make mistakes. I'm, I'm a fallible human being. Absolutely. So, no. So that's, that's really is surround yourself with people that love you and your story and your brand and that build you up and that are smarter than you. Smarter, smarter than you. Love it. What's on the flip side? the worst advice you've ever gotten? Um, jump in without, you know, just if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. <laughs> or jump dangerous. in. Yeah. <laughs> if it feels good or if it, if you, you know, it's something you, you, you feel good about or yeah, man, if it works or it, the, the people that don't really think things out that just yeah. kind of just go from action. spontaneous from here to here to here to here to here. Because no, that's, you have to really think things through. And there's sometimes in my life where you have a real gut, gut feeling and my gut feeling's pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. And when I go against it, I make big mistakes. So I always do follow my gut. But if somebody says, if somebody's trying to quick sell me on something, like fast sell me on something, I know they're probably nefarious and probably that's not a good person that I need to be around. Mm -hmm. um, and also just telling me, you know, to just jump all in without really checking all the boxes and making all the decisions. Mm. And a lot of people want you to invest in this and do that, do that. Don't invest in anything but yourself. Amen. That's the best. That don't invest in anything but yourself. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Um, so another question I love mm -hmm. to ask everybody um, on, a, on a deeper note is, you know, this show, what I say is being a million-dollar woman really is not just mm -hmm. about your net worth. It's so much more than that. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's, you know, yeah, cash in your bank account, but it's everything in between, right? Mm -hmm. So what is being a million-dollar woman? When you hear that, what does that really, like, mean to you? How would you define that term? That means a woman who's a boss, who is a, obviously, a CEO or something who's at the top of her career and 
a million dollar woman is probably someone that has, when I looked at that, if you looked at the list of the, the women now that are the top CEOs in the country, mm-hmm. I looked at all of them recently. I can't remember if it was in Forbes or what. Yeah, Forbes. They were all 53 to 50 to 60, something like that. There was a few that were younger, very mm-hmm. few, one or two, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, I'm not there yet. They were yet like 53, 55 to 60, like early 60s. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm not there yet. Maybe I'll get there. You know? Yeah. So you look at you look at those kind of things and when, and those women, and you look at their history. What have they done? How did they get there? They've been at this company. They've moved up. They've had these ideas, these innovative ideas that took them to this, but they surrounded themselves with these people that were smarter than them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they moved up and they're a good leader. So leadership is about listening to people and about managing people and about about making thoughtful decisions and about making prudent decisions for your business. And being a woman who's a million dollar woman is a woman who can balance that, successfully run a business, um, also balance, I think it's important to balance your personal life at the same time. Money's not everything. Money's Money makes your life easier, but it's not everything in life. Yeah. I think people need to remember that. But Absolutely. trust me, I'd rather be the million-dollar woman than $200 woman. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know what? Um, money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy shoes, and that's almost the same thing. <laughs> it buys comfort. Yeah. And it's something you, when you're married, you fight about a lot of things, and you don't want to fight about money. So yeah. it, buys, it buys an ease in life, but it's not, at the end of the day, what you surround yourself with love and your family and things that, that really build your inner character and your integrity, keep your integrity. As a businesswoman, million-dollar woman has to have integrity and has to have character. I can be on a reality TV show and make mistakes, but everyone still that writes me says, you have character, you have integrity, and you're classy. And I don't know how they still see that I'm classy, but they, I guess the appearance of I'm classy, even though I make silly mistakes, I'm, they still that's what they see me as. It's which human. I'm thankful that they see me that way with yeah. everything I've done wrong. Yeah. Well, again, I think that everybody makes all the same mistakes, just that they're not on television, right? And it's a, it's a trusting in yourself and that confidence, again, that allows you to be able to own that, you know? And that's, that's such an important thing for those that are really passionate about going that direction, because I don't think a lot of us are ready for it, you know? And I, as a teen was in the acting field and I just I remember kind of going and auditioning in that whole process and without a strong sense of self you TV will spit you up and eat you out rejection is because I was an actress too rejection now I look back at it it was extremely hard at the time but it was great for me mm-hmm. because now it made a lot of things easier I believe it it built me, it made me a strong woman. Yeah. I feel it now. I didn't feel it at the time. Yeah, I didn't either. I was, <laughs> I was crying in my corner every every time I would leave an audition and, you know, yeah. I was told something that about my appearance or about the way I read or my accent or whatever, and I thought my life was over. Now, I'm like, hmm, okay, all those people that said you're not going to do it and you can't do it, I wonder if they're watching now. Right. <laughs> They probably are. <laughs> they haven't picked up the phone and called you yet. <laughs> they probably won't either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not everybody is as owning of their mistakes as that one that called your mom, right? So that's hysterical. But let's finish it off with some kind of fun questions. I'm going to do a little bit of rapid fire with okay. you. Okay. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I hope my brain's ready for rapid fire. I hope my brain. I didn't write down my rapid fire questions. I usually have my list. Mm-hmm. I don't. So let's see if I can do this rapidly. So um, coffee or tea? Coffee. About hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Super salad. Salad. Lip gloss or lipstick? Lip gloss. Sweatpants or yoga pants? Yoga pants. 
Uh, let's see, what else do I have? I knew I was gonna run out of rapid questions. False lashes or extensions? Extensions now, but false lashes in the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, Both. <laughs> you can never have too many lashes. Daytime or nighttime? Nighttime. Yeah. Even though I'm a CEO woman, I like my nighttime. Yeah. I like to sleep late and it's hard. I get up at six to go to the gym and it's really hard. <laughs> That is hard. I know. I tried this morning and it didn't happen. I was like, ah, snooze. <laughs> Boys or girls? As far as do I, the, com the company of men or women? What do you mean? It's just like super however you want to interpret it. Well, I went to women's college, so I'm, I like my girlfriends. Team girls. Yeah, I'm team yeah. girls. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Well, that is a perfect way to wrap up the Million Dollar Women <laughs> podcast. And you are definitely my idea of a million dollar Thank woman. You. you have a heart of gold and you are real and authentic and I feel it and I'm here for it. So thank you so thank much. Thank you, Brianna. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank it was so great. It was I look really forward great. to seeing it. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing what everything has on what everything is on the horizon for Hard Night. Good morning. Thank you. It's appreciate gonna be that. awesome. All right. See you guys next time on the next episode of the Million Dollar Women Podcast. Money, money, money. Money. Ooh, that was flat. Thank you for listening to Million Dollar Women. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.